the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have an enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afwakwa. Pastor Afwakwa is the founder and general overseer of Embassy of Life Chapel, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to train believers through the teaching of the good news of the kingdom to know God better, live life better, and impact the world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Praise the Lord, a very blessed morning to you and thank you once again for joining me on this edition of Excel Service. Grace to you as our greeting is, I receive it now and grace abounds, we are empowered for life and godliness. I trust that last week's discussion was a great blessing to you and we will keep coming your way with such interesting discussions at the end of every series like I told you earlier. This morning, I'm excited to begin a new series that is designed to help you become a super success in life. The goal of this service is to help you discover your gifting and what God has blessed you with so you can release it to fully bless your world. In Excel service, we equip you so you can live a life of all-round excellence in every meaningful area of your life. And that's what we are committed to doing until Christ returns on this service. So... This morning, I'm beginning a series from the book of Proverbs 18, 16. Proverbs 18, 16. And this is what the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 16. Maybe we should share a word of prayer. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you this morning for the privilege and the opportunity to fellowship on this platform. We ask the Lord, you grant all trance to me as I communicate your word and you grant understanding to every hearer. Let no man watching this service now or watch it thereafter ever remain the same. Thank you that the lasting impact of your word shall be left on every hearer or everyone who will watch this video thereafter. Thank you, Father, for it in Jesus' precious name. But most importantly, I thank you for those who are tuning right now. Let your blessing rest upon them afresh. Grant them understanding and move them from one level of glory to another, even as we behold Christ in his word. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Wonderful. Proverbs 18, 16, this is what the Bible says, A man's gift maketh room for him, and bringeth him before great men. A man's gift maketh room for him, and bringeth him before great men. I know that you want to come before great men or prominent people. I know that you are eager to find your room in life and to fulfill your place in destiny. And that is why what I'm teaching this morning and I'll be teaching subsequently is very, very important to you. Even if you have missed your place in life and you have not been able to find your room in life like you were ordained to find, you can help your children if you understand the principles in, involved in the things I'm going to teach with you so that your children can be guided in finding their place of prominence and their place among the great in life. The series I'm doing is Gifted for Success. Gifted for Success. Gifted for Success. That's the title of my series. And the whole essence of the series is to help us appreciate the fact that 
God has wired us for success. Everything we need in order to succeed is already given us. And one of the vital means through which we experience success in life or one of the things God has endowed us with so that we can deploy it to become super success in life is our gift. Your gift. God has given you a gift. When that gift is recognized, refined, and released, that gift will make you a super success. I see you become a super success. You can type in the comment box, I'm a super success, and I'll be manifesting my destiny fully. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. One of the things I've realized is that successful people in life don't do everything. They do what they are most gifted to do. If you want to be a success in life, you don't have to do everything. You don't. And it's always tragic to attempt to do everything in life. Life is such that there are so many things we may want to do, we may wish to do, or we may like to do. But success does not come by just doing what you want to do. Success comes when you do what you are most gifted at doing. All of us are gifted in different areas of our lives. Our children are gifted in different areas of their lives. And we need to be able to uh, identify the giftings of our children, nurture them, recognize it early, help them refine that gift, and then equip them to release their gift to bless the lives of many. According to Miriam Webster's dictionary, a gift refers to a notable capacity, talent, or endowment. A gift refers to a notable capacity, talent, or endowment. That is to say that when someone is really working in his gift, when a person is manifesting his gift, he doesn't need to crave for attention. People will naturally see it. People will naturally notice it. When your gift, particularly when the gift has been worked on over time and the gift is excelling, you are particularly excelling in your gift, many people will easily acknowledge and identify it. Come with me to the book of Matthew chapter 25, verse 14 to 30. It's a long passage of scripture, and that is what we are going to be using. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country, who called his own servant and delivered his goods to them. Take note, he called his own servants and delivered goods to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, and to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. He called his servants, he gave them gifts, and then he left. He traveled on his journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. It's interesting the man gives them gifts. He never tells them what to use a gift for, but he just travels and then he leaves them with the gift. And the Bible says, the one who received five talents went ahead and traded with his gift. Likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. Then, but he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his lost money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I've gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will also make you a ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. And that's what happens. When you operate in your area of gifting, your joy is always boundless. His Lord said to him, he who had received two talents also came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I've gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, 
Well done, good and faithful servant. I will make you a ruler over many things. You've been faithful over a few things. I will make you a ruler over many. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Then who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid. And I went and hid your talent in the ground. There you have what is yours. The talent that was given to him, he is still calling it my lost talent. <laughs> he says, I went and I hid your talent in the ground. He never took ownership of the talent. No wonder he could not even work with it. You have to acknowledge that something has been given to you and it has been given to you for profitable living. Now look at this. But his Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money at my coming and I would have received my own back with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For to everyone who has more will be given and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away and cast the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Amazing. Amazing. What you do with your gift will ultimately define who you will become. Whether you will be profitable to your generation or unprofitable to your generation is a function of what we choose to do with our gift. There are names when we talk about gift and impact and success you can easily mention. In the world, many great people have achieved great things for themselves just by operating in their area of gifting and in their area of ability. In this service, I want to share with you 12 facts about your gift. 12 important facts about your gift. And most of them will be taken from the text we read about. The first thing I want you to appreciate is that you have been gifted by God for success. You have been gifted by God. There were three categories of people. The one with five talents, the one with two talents, and the one with one talent. We see that the three servants of the master, all of them were given talents. It's important to appreciate that in life, you don't have to have everything. You have to know what God has given you. Not all of us will have everything, but all of us have something. And it's important you identify that's something you have and then work on it so that you can release it for profitable living. If you look at it, the first two can be described as profitable servants and the other was described as an unprofitable servant. And look at the way they were designated. Unprofitable servant because he failed to use his gift. Profitable servant because they use their gift. Who are you to your world? Who are you to God? How will God describe you? At the end of your life, how will you be described? Will you be described as a profitable servant or an unprofitable servant? And it's a function of how you use your gift. So first of all, I want you to appreciate that you have been gifted by God for success. You have been gifted by God for success. First Peter 4 verse 10, he said, As each one has received a gift, I like the New Living Translation. He said, as each one has received a gift, serve others. As each one, use your gift then to serve others. As each one has been given a gift. Each of us has been given a gift. You cannot say, I'm giftless. You cannot say, I don't have anything. All of us have been gifted by God. Every one of us is gifted. You are gifted. Some people are gifted at logical thinking. And they can logically argue issue without even attending law school. 
And when such people discover themselves, eventually in law school, they become super lawyers. There are people who are gifted with their legs. Messi and Ronaldo are people who are making millions, who have become global icons because they have decided to maximize their gift. I mean, think about a man like Michael Jackson. He was an unbeliever, I know, but he maximized his gift. That gift that he had is a gift that God gave him. And he chose to use it the way he used it. But what I want us to appreciate is that all of us are gifted. Can you type in the comment box, I am super gifted. That is the first thing you need to know. You are gifted by God and you are gifted to succeed. The Bible says in 2 Peter 1.3, he said, According as his divine power had given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness. There is nothing you need to succeed that is outside you. Is already inside you. When God created you, he created you to be a success. He created you to, as a super success. God does not create failures. And if your gift is what makes you a super success, then God wired your gift in you before you were born. You are ordained for the top and nothing will limit your destiny. I see you rise up to fulfill your destiny. I see you rise up to fulfill your calling. I see you rise up to maximize your gift and impart your generation for the Lord. Number two, your gift or your greatness in life is tied to the effective use of your dominant gift. Your success and greatness in life. If you are going to be successful, you are going to be an outstanding success or you are going to become a super great in life or a super success in life, then it's important you discover and then you utilize your gift. That's what Proverbs tells us. A man's gift makes way for him. A man's gift. So if there is no way being made for you, there's no room being made for you, you are not getting an opportunity to influence, you are not exerting your influence. People are not benefiting from you like the God has wired them to benefit from you. Then you have to question yourself, what am I doing with my gift? Do I even know I'm gifted? Am I even working on my gift? Have I even been conscious of the gift that I have? A man's gift make it a way for him. What brought Joseph before Pharaoh? What's his gift? What brought David before King Saul? What's his gift? He says, look for a man when Saul had a challenge. At that time, David's gift was the answer to Saul's problem. And you know, Magmedoc said, every man was created to solve a problem. Your gift is an answer to other people's problems. And when you release that gift, you solve their problem for them and they pay you in return. That is what gifts are for. That is how you profit from your gift. And that's how others also profit from your gift. What brought the man Daniel before the kings of Babylon, Darius, Nebuchadnezzar, all of the others? What kept him there was his gift. I pray that in this generation and in this, your dispensation, in your own life and in your own generation, you will release your gift to serve your generation in the mighty name of Jesus. Number three, your dominant gift is unique and different from that of others. Your dominant gift, what is valuable to you, what is your gift is different and unique from others. Realize that he gave some 10, he gave one man a 10, another a 2, and then another one. Everybody received something, but everybody did not receive the same thing. The Bible said he gave them according to their several abilities. Sometimes we look at other people's gifts and we wish we had them. Now, God knows that the gift he's giving you is the one you need. And that is one of the things that will kill covetousness and, 
envy and jealousy easily from your life. When you appreciate that what God gave you is the best gift you ever needed. That, that should be your mentality. Your mentality is that God has never sustained you. God gave you what you need in order to live a profitable life. It's interesting to see that all the gifts that they were given, when he came, those who put their gift to use, they received the same commendation. He said, you've been faithful, I'll make you a ruler. You've been faithful. In other words, if the man with the one talent had put his gift to use, he would have also received the same commendation. Though his gift was one, he would have received the same commendation. You've been faithful, I'll make you a ruler. I declare and I pray that you will become faithful in the utilization of your gift and you will become a ruler in your field of operation in the mighty name of Jesus. Until you use your gift, there is no way you can become a ruler. To become a ruler, you have to know your gift. You have to recognize your gift. You have to refine your gift. And then you have to release your gift. And in this series, that's what we'll be seeking to do. We'll help you to know how you can recognize your gift, how you can refine your gift, and then how you can release your gift for the benefit of humanity. Romans 16, 6. He said, having then gifts differing according to the grace of God. Everyone's gift is different. Your gift is different. Some people are gifted at speaking. Others are gifted at marketing. They can sell anything to anybody. They can sell to you what you need and what you don't need. There are people who can sell to you <laughs> summer clothes in winter. Why? Because they, you, they, they are just gifted. By the time you realize, you pay them uh, only to realize that you don't really need this. You have met a gifted salesman. You have to know your gift. Number four, the uniqueness of your gift makes you valuable. The reason why you should not seek or you should not covet after other people's gift or be envious of them is because your own unique gift makes you valuable. What makes you valuable is not your point of similarity with others, but your point of uniqueness. What makes you different is what makes you valuable. And so it's always important. The Bible says in Proverbs 16, 8, he said, a gift is like a precious stone in the eyes of him that has it. And whithersoever he turneth, it prospers. A gift is like a precious stone. Your gift must be that precious to you. Wherever you turn it, it prospers. Joseph became valuable to Pharaoh. How? Through his gift. David became valuable to Saul. Through his gift. What makes you valuable is your gift. What makes you valuable is the uniqueness of your gift. That's what makes you valuable. The moment you seek to want to become somebody else, you lose your place. Imagine that Michael Jackson had decided that he wanted to become an NBA star. There is no way he would have been known. But what has made him valuable in the world of music was sticking and staying with his gift. I pray that as you come to the realization and the recognition of your gift, you would have the courage to develop it and to release it to your world. Number five, trading faithfully with your gift guarantees a sure reward. When we trade faithfully with our gift, we'll be rewarded for it. When you trade faithfully with your gift, that's why you need to know it. When you go through a life and you are not being rewarded for anything, there are people who go through life and they want things for free. You will not get any valuable thing in life for free. But when your gift begins to speak, your gift will bring to you the things you need. You remember when the Queen of Sheba traveled several months just to identify with Solomon and to hear his wisdom. And the Bible said she brought with her precious gifts 
All kinds of valuables were given to Solomon. Why? Because his gift was speaking. Number six, your gift is given to you. Your gift is given you to serve others and bless others. That is one of the things you need to appreciate. Your gift is not just given to you for your own sake, but your gift is given so you use it to serve others. The Bible says the man who receives and those who use their gift to serve others, they are always rewarded for it. That's also so true. The man who became unprofitable and was punished for it and his gift became worthless was because he did not use his gift to serve anybody. While the first two traded with other people, you can't do trading, you can't trade by yourself, you trade with others. While the others were trading with others, he went and buried his gift. And because he did that, there was no way he, others could be blessed out of his gift. I pray that you will not bury your gift, but you will release your gift to serve others. The Bible says in 1 Peter 14, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Number seven, your dominant gift is a pointer to your assignment or vocational calling in life. All of us have different assignments in life. Mechanics have an assignment to solve our car problems. Dentists solve our tooth problems. Lawyers solve our legal problems. Doctors solve our medical problems. Everything was created in life to solve a problem. And that is what is your assignment. That is what my medal calls your assignment. Your assignment in life is simply the problem you were created to solve. And this is where your gift becomes important because your gift, your dominant gift or your gift given to you by God is a pointer to your calling or your assignment in life. What God wired you for. Usually, one of the things that can help you to identify your place is not the course you necessarily studied in the university. Because in, in our part of the world, most of the time, when we are choosing even courses at the uni level or at the tertiary level, we always look for things that will bring us higher economic returns. It's not bad in itself. But when you choose something that may bring you a higher economic returns, but it's not necessarily your area of giftedness, you can earn all the money and you still be unfulfilled. And if you look at people who go through life, sometimes people earn so much and yet they don't find fulfillment. They are not happy. They wake up going to jobs. They are not excited at going. They are not challenged in any way. They are not, there is no inner motivation. It's a pointer that they are operating in a field that they have not been gifted for. When you are operating in your area of gifting, is exciting. And as you go along, you get to know how to know that you are in the area of your gifting. Number eight, profit-mindedness in the use of your gift makes you a faithful steward of the gift. Profit-mindedness. Profit-mindedness. The gift was given to you for profitable living. One for your own profit and two for the profit of others. And every time when you... You discover your gift. You have to be profit-minded in the use of your gift. How you are using your gift? Are you becoming profitable to people? Are you becoming profitable to yourself? These are questions that will help you to appreciate that your gift is useful. Number nine, fear of any kind can rob you and others the benefit of your gift. Fear of any kind can rob you and others the benefit of your gift. Fear. If you look at the man whose gift was not utilized, it was not utilized because he, was, he said he was afraid. He was afraid. What was he afraid of? That's why I spent some time with you last month looking at failure. Failure 
is not failure. When we learn lessons to become better people out of failure. I don't have time to go belabor that point. But I'm sure we've learned great lessons from failure. Was he afraid of failing? Was he afraid of rejection? Because the truth of the matter is that there are people who will not appreciate your gift. And you don't have to kill yourself because somebody else does not appreciate your gift because your gift is not designed to solve problems for everybody. But there are people to whom your gift is a treasure. You have to locate such people and release your gift to them. When you see such people, those are the people who celebrate your gift. Those are the people who are excited about your gift. And those are the people you must spend your time using your gift for. You don't have to go to places where your gift is not appreciated and is not acknowledged. No. You'll be wasting your potential. Fear of rejection sometimes robs people of putting their gift. Fear of other people's gift. Because sometimes when you look at other people's gift and you look at the magnificence of their gift or the loudness of their gift, it looks like your own is not, not really powerful. But give it time. Give it excellence. Give it patience. Give it your focus. And it's a matter of time and your whole world will come to know of you. I see your world celebrate you in the name of our Lord Jesus. Number 10, the development and deployment of your gift for the benefit of others requires hard work. Hard work. Hard work. Most of the time, when we see people operating in their area of giftedness, sometimes we are naturally tempted to think that it's free. They are just lucky. Or they are just favored. But you see, no matter the fact that your gift it's your gift. You will still need to work very hard. I like it when the master called him lazy and slothful servant. He said, you wicked and slothful. You wicked and lazy servant. We'll talk about the wickedness after here. But he described him as a lazy person. Why? Because he actually made an effort. If you think about it closely, he actually made an effort. But he made an effort in a wrong way. So laziness can also be described as misdirected effort. If you exert effort at things that do not add value to you or others, that can be described as laziness. Interesting. The guy had effort. He took the effort of digging. It takes a lot of effort to dig. I'm sure trading would have been easier. It took effort to dig and to put bury the, the, the talent there. So what we are saying is that the development and the deployment of your gift for the benefit of others requires hard work. And that is why sometimes people don't shine like they ought to shine. It's not because they are not gifted. It's not because their gift does not matter. It's because most of the time the hard work component is not there. And I pray that the grace to labor hard. Apostle Paul was called to be an apostle. But one of the things that set him apart was hard work. He said that I am what I am by the grace of God. And the grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain. I labored more abundantly, yet not I, by the grace of God. We must learn to labor and labor more abundantly. When we add labor to our gift, favor becomes an automatic outcome. When you see a man who is favored, who is light, who is celebrated, who is easily embraced, don't just think that they are lucky. They have labored their way into favor. And I pray that the grace to labor your way into unusual favor, particularly when it has to do with favor with men. As for favor with God, we don't merit it. But favor with men, we have to do something about it. And I pray that the wisdom to walk in continuous favor will rest upon you in the name of our Lord Jesus. Number 11, failure to develop and trade 
with your gift makes you a wicked person. I like this one so much. Failure to develop and trade with your gift makes you a wicked person. That's what we are told from the text. The Bible said, you wicked and lazy servant. Why was he wicked? Because he denied others the benefit of his gift. He denied others the benefit of the gift. If God has gifted you enough to produce drug, let's say in your field of operation, maybe you're a pharmacist, and God has given you the brains to be able to develop and generate cancer drug so that people who are suffering from cancer can be healed and cured from cancer. And you will never develop that gift. You bury that gift. You are wicked because several people lose their lives almost every year through cancer. Many people are dying and the gift is within you because every problem that exists has its solution. Every problem that exists amongst men has its solution amongst men. Every problem that exists amongst men, the solution, God has already placed the solution in another man. What we need to do is to locate that man and then tap and receive from that particular person. So, failure to develop and trade with your gift makes you a wicked person. Finally, for today, you risk the loss of your gift when you fail to trade and put it into profitable use. You risk the loss of your gift. When you fail to use your gift, you will lose it. When you fail to use your gift, you will lose it. Look at it. There were people who were very good. That's why when a gift is not put into use after a very long time, you realize that the sharpness of the gift begins to go down. And the more you use your gift, it looks like the sharper the gift becomes, the more excellent you seem to become. Why? That is a law. When you use your gift, the gift becomes sharper. When you fail to use your gift, you risk the loss of your gift. We are told that he says, take away the gift, take away the talent from that man and give it to others. Give it to others. I pray that whatever God has given you to bless your generation will not be lost to others. May whatever giftings God has placed in you, whatever investment heaven has made in you, may it not be lost to others because of non-use. Receive the grace to recognize, receive the grace to refine, receive the grace to release your gift for the betterment of humanity and for your own blessing and profitable living in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. I trust you've been blessed today and we look forward for subsequent parts of this series. Gifted for success is what we are looking at. And I pray that as you follow through the series to the end, your life will certainly not be the same. If you want to accept Jesus and make him your Lord and Savior, you want to say this prayer after me. Mean every word and then believe it in your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I confess that you are my Lord and my Savior. I believe with my heart that you died and rose again for me. By my belief, I am justified. And by my confession, I am saved. Thank you for saving me in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. If you pray that prayer in faith, you are a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. God bless you. We look forward to having you join us again and again. We are blessed. Pastor Afuakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. Share your testimonies with us on 020-422-5790 or 
Email us at embassyoflifechapel at gmail.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afwakwa on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For more information, visit our website at www.embassyoflife.org. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our service at our headquarter church from 8.30 a.m. to 11 a.m. for our good news service. And on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Our church auditorium is located on the top floor of Nanama Ejakuma Plaza, opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santasa Runabout, Kumasi, Ghana. Alternatively, you can join us online for our services on Embassy of Life Chapel, Facebook, or YouTube pages. God richly bless you. Oh, no, no, no.